Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com forward slash credit card. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you. Coming up on this Tuesday edition, we inch closer to Super Bowl 57. So, of course, we've got some over-unders. We've got some storylines. We've also got some coaching news in the NFL. We've got a lot of questions about Joel Osteen. Trust me, it'll make some sense, and it's all yours. Coming up next here, two pros and a cup of Joe. Live from Radio Row on a Tuesday, Fox Sports Radio. Is the best of two pros and a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. Tom Brady was on the herd with Colin Cowherd, heard on many of these Fox Sports Radio affiliates yesterday, and was talking about what his future is going to look like. They addressed the Fox deal. Uh, the I don't know if you heard this. Ten years, three hundred seventy-five million. I'm sorry, what? Ten years, three hundred seventy-five million dollars. He's making more doing television than he did in what of his his entire his football 20, career? Twenty-three years playing in the NFL in less time. That's yeah. great. Yeah, ten years to twenty-three. That's right? that's, yeah. that's goat status though right Sheesh. you get done with doing what made you famous and, and then make you make more. more money yeah he's yeah. gonna be a billionaire right um oh well i mean here's how it works In so totality it, i mean here's how it works if you make 375 million cut that in half you gotta pay Uncle Sam, man. Okay, why do you do that? I mean, what, I'm like, just saying. Like, what, what do you, I, I can't. I gotta give it to you straight. In order to, in order to be a billionaire, if you're talking about like your net worth, like you've got to be able to make more than that. So you got to be able to make two billion. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's pretend taxes didn't exist. Okay. <laughs> All right. Is he a billionaire? If taxes, he'll, he'll have. Sure. He'll have. See, that works. He probably <laughs> will approach earning more than a billion. I'll, I'll put career. it this way: Patrick Mahomes will be a billionaire. Really? The contract he signed was like what for four hundred fifty million? Ten years, four hundred fifty million, something like that. Second one out the gate. Yeah, but I don't know if Patrick Mahomes would be as good of a broadcaster as Brady might be. Just well, because of his let's voice. Let's say he plays twenty years. Yeah, he might get it in the game. <laughs> he'll, he'll get it. He might get it before Jesus, he retires. That's awesome. Well, good for him. Um, Joe Burrow Brady. might be next. <laughs> it's just what a, what a humbling feeling knowing they're going to be. Uh, 
billionaires. It just it just makes you realize what a what a loser you are. Like that's how I look at it. That's huh. how I feel about things. But why Tom Brady did say he's going to take this entire next year off. And then 2024, the fall of 2024, is when he is going to be taking over the reins, broadcasting at Fox. And the question becomes, what do you do with Greg Olson? What's a potential pairing? We talked about maybe you do something similar to the Manning cast with Gronk and Tom Brady, except this one might actually be funny, because that one's not. And then there's all the other... Uh, uh, the, the, the Mannings are pretty <laughs> funny, bro. I, I don't know. I don't, right. I don't know why you got it so I mean, bad every, for him. Everyone's I, I, getting hit with strays I right think now. the Mannings are pretty... Pretty funny, actually. Yeah. I think I, I think they're pretty talented. I think Peyton is super talented, and Eli Eli shows more and more um, range with the stuff that he does, like the Ken, the Austin or Kenny or Jet Powers or whatever. Is, Cooper is, Manning is the funniest Manning. Cooper's pretty funny yeah, too. They're the just they're funny one. dudes, man. Yeah. I like him too. Yeah, yeah, big fan of Cooper. But point being. <laughs> Tom Brady Tom Brady is going to take over the reins in 2024. Yeah. So how's this going to go? You just tell Greg Olson, hey, thanks, man. Go ahead and uh, take a step back. Like, it just feels like if it's working this well, and if Olson continues to get better with Kevin Burkhardt. There's no if. So... What do you? So what's the plan with Brady then? I mean, look, I think you take the next year, and from his words, you know, he's the type of guy that's very seems pragmatic, and he wants to make sure he he gets a lot of things answered that he doesn't know, and tries to go into it as prepared as possible. And we talked about about this before. Just because you're the greatest of all time in the sport doesn't mean you're going to go into broadcasting and excel. It's a completely different skill set. So I'm sure he wants to prepare himself for that, that kind of first impression because we know how important that is. Uh, but it's not lasting either, right? I mean, a lot of people had mixed views on Tony Romo to begin with, more favorable than not. Now you look at, what, six years down the road? A little bit different story now. So I, I think he wants to learn and understand what it takes to be a good broadcaster and maybe sit back and watch some of it. Maybe he wants to get involved in some capacity. Some people think that it's maybe because he's going to go back and play, which – I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm not in that group. I think he's done. He's yeah. Over. I, I, I mean, he's he's going to probably approach broadcasting the same exact way he's approached his career, which is he wants to be the best, and he's going to find what that rhythm is during this year. I, that's what I would assume. I mean, there's no reason to to jump right in it if you don't feel as though you're properly prepared. Yeah. You know, I think that's just too much. For him at this point, I just think that's way too much of a risk to have something where they say, well, he wasn't as good as he was when he played ball. Right. And 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 so now you're talking about someone who not only is going to prepare himself to be able to get into broadcasting game and do it at a high level where people are wooed and awed by what what his uh, his talent level is doing that. But I also bring back the idea of he has yet to have an off season. I, I mean, like literally a no foot no f- year of playing football. No year of doing it and and i would assume the type of guy that he is he's probably going to make sure it is a very family heavy heavy time period for him in his life and who's to say you're saying come back to play football maybe he's able to come back to his marriage if that's what they're looking to do maybe if that's what they're seeking to do i don't know it could be a stretch but i I mean i think it would be a great story i'll tell you that it would be be a hell of a story if if they they were able to to figure it out my interpretation though of the short retirement he had last year was that he did that for a few weeks 
And he was like, oh, hell no. I, I got to get back to go and play. He's <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not built for this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm past the age. That is what it felt like. It felt a little bit like that. Like, yeah. hey man, it's not for everyone. You know, it, it's, it's not, it's just, you know, some guys are better than others at it. And maybe this is not what you want to be doing. But sometimes the, the harsh realities of what you thought it could be or what it might, might be, be. Yeah. Those, those well, things become real once it, it happens. I mean, you thought it was going to be good being independent and doing like you realize I had my family while I was doing all of that. Right. <laughs> it's like, what? you know what I mean? Like, well, no, the reality is like what you see on Instagram about the family. That's like the highlights, right? Yeah, oh, like, of like course. Those are the highlights. Of yeah. course. That's not really what it. That's his huddle tape. Yeah, it's his yeah, huddle tape. It's his family yeah, but, but But now he's got an opportunity to see what it feels like being independent of that. And and sometimes you realize that, you know, maybe I like the chaos. You know, maybe I'm okay with dealing with what comes along with, you know, being being that person. I mean, that's it's possible. What's the hardest part? This is what I wanted to ask you guys. So he played just in the NFL. He played 23 years. You guys, in totality for your careers, you also played a couple of decades. If you go back to Pop Warner in, in middle school, all that stuff. Thanks, when it, thanks, when it, Jones. well, I'm just saying, like when it's, but I'm, I'm saying you played for a long time. It's so, crazy. It doesn't seem like you played that long when you put it in totality, like college and pros. Like majority put, of your life. I put, well, I, college and pro put together, I played ten years. Ten years. So, but I mean, that's you. You include uh, if you, know, you include when you're high, but if you include that, high school. That's another four, so that's 14. You include youth, that's another four. Yeah. That's 18, but that's really, in, in totality, that's not very long. Okay, but when it's all over, what is Tom Brady looking at when he's not going to training camp, he's now not getting ready for a game? Is being away from the game completely, is that going to wet his beak enough it's to where— It's going to be different for him. It's, it's going to be a culture shock. I mean, that's the yeah. thing is— he is so regimented and in such a routine, it's going to be hard for him to be able to wake up every day. And, and honestly, like I think a lot of players go through bouts with depression because they don't know what to do with their time. They don't have that goal or they don't have that focus. So, yeah, there's probably going to be some days where he's like, man, I want to have something else that I'm going after. And so, I mean, that's all I see. It but then there's going to be days where he's like, OS, yeah, like I'm free. Like, I, th- I thought I'm hopping on the jet. We're the, we're going here. Today. The most interesting thing he said was what came out about him talking to his dad. He said, I knew I was done when his dad was like, he just got tired of getting hit. And I thought that was really interesting that that's one way of kind of just summarizing it all. Because as a quarterback, like there's a physicality to the game. What makes it so enduring and, and tough for a quarterback is you can't fight back. You just are walking into a boxing ring, and you're just you're just taking just punches. Just wearing it, and like, and, and there's yeah. there's there's like a toughness to that. There's a grit to that, and there's a, there's a mental side to it where you walk into it knowing you have to do your job, and you're just gonna get hit, and then and you don't get to go and you know hit back. You don't get to be the hammer at any point. You know your hammers when you throw a touchdown pass and some guy knocks you on your ass. Like you get up, you get all excited about it, but it doesn't mean you get to go hit that guy back. And that and that's the tough thing is I think he made it. 23 years through all of that brutality and everything else. And he got to the point where he's just like, yeah, dude, like I'm, I'm done. Like I, I'm done with this. So whatever it is next, like I'm sure he's going to find it a lot more, you know, easy and, and rewarding than what it was. But, but again, broadcasting is such a different realm. 
And and it's tough because there's sometimes people just take the personalities and sometimes people don't. Right. The other thing that I thought was pretty fun to listen to is at least what's coming out of that current number one crew at Fox. I mean, that group has talked about, we're going to try to make it so damn hard for them to make that switch whenever that, that happens, whether it's 2024 or whatever. And even Kevin Burkhart and some of his comments about it and talking about, um, you know, whether or not he's thought about Tom Brady being in the booth with him. And he said, he's like, I haven't given any, I'm not going to say the expletive, you know, expletive, but yeah, just say it. Why not? Let's get right. I'm not going to get beat out here. Because, out here. But what if he did curse right now? Because not only would we get dumped, but every other show in here would get dumped and it is packed. Is that how that works? Yeah. If it goes over the air, you got to dump everybody. So think about it. You would actually have the power to shut down for at least momentarily multiple radio shows across the oh, country. Is that truly just by dropping an F-bomb? Is that true? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, literally, right FCC. now, we drop an F-bomb, the entire thing. <laughs> Hell, yeah. yeah. Shuts down. Oh, Jade's looking at me. She's like, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Lights go up. <laughs> well, anyway. I, mean, I see uh, one other booth operational right now. The rest is, like, tumbleweeds and, you know, whistling. It's it's very well spaced, though. Like, yeah, I do appreciate that. It is. It is spaced out. Yeah. It is. Okay. Man, when I was a kid, this is the type of spot like you'd love to have like a, a paintball fight in here. You know, mm, that Can would be imagine? fun. That'd yeah, be fun. Are you yeah. a good shot? Are you guys a good shot? Yeah, yeah. You ever freeze paintballs and then use them? Throw a couple in the freezer, then load them up. Dot, 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 dot. What's wrong with me? <laughs> Why you gotta go there, man? <laughs> I'm just saying, like that's that that's a move. You know? you, you're you're shooting ice at it's people. it's the brass knuckles of paintball shooting. Throw them in the freezer and let it fly. Shoot them in the face. Yeah, then then you get right after them. Yeah, just like that. Um, so so with that being said, <laughs> shoot them in the face. You are just unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Freeze that up and shoot them. What, what an artist! <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot of range with his art. It's, it's every single time. Yeah. Uh, but shoot that paintball. <laughs> so that's why we work together. That's why we get together. Uh, work in person. I mean. <laughs> So is there going to be bang bang if 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 Burkhart and Olson if Burkhart and Olson just continue to ascend? I'm just two Jersey guys, you know. Just two Jersey guys. Are they? Yeah, it's two Jersey, Jersey guys. Jersey, Jersey, two Jersey guys. Two Jersey yeah. guys. Well, Burkhart's a pro, man. But well, here's the hard part: is you've already made that commitment. It's out there publicly. But Kevin and Greg have done a tremendous job together, and they've like they have this chemistry, and they've built it up, and. I don't know. I, they it, don't care. It, it's, it, it's, it's Tom yeah, Brady. I'll say it's Tom Brady. So it's at the Tom end Brady. of the day, they don't care. That's uh, not enough. Unless maybe they've got their eyes on a three man booth. You know, or maybe there's another broadcaster out there that they say, you know, we'd love to pair Tom up with him. We don't want to break up Burkhart and Olsen. Maybe there's somebody else they got their eye on. Ooh. Maybe a, a looming free agent. One, uh, the Jonas Knox. No, no, oh. no. Yeah, no. no. Doing play by play? No, I'm, I'm good. You know, I, I like. I, I, Have you ever I, done play by play? No, but I could. Be easy. LeVar, what do you think about that? For f- uh, football, uh, right? you know, I, 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 why not? <laughs> hockey, Jonas is a talented dude. Hockey would I be mean, a pain in the ass. Yeah. But football, I feel well, like I could well, do. Here's the thing is, give me a quick boxing. Give me a quick uh, Letterman, Lampley. Yeah, we need to hear it. Real quick. We need to hear it to know it. 
There's a hard right hand by Pacquiao. Stimson with a jab. Pacquiao to the body. Bang! 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 Hard left hand by Pacquiao. And the round closes. And we've got ourselves a firefight. Harold Letterman, how do you have it through three? Jim, I got Pacquiao doing more damage. As the round gets later and later, you see Marquez start to slow down. Pacquiao countering. His timing is perfect. And he's winning all three of these rounds thus far. I got a 30-27 Pacquiao. Jim! <laughs> what do you think, Roy? Well, 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 Jim. Well, Jim, he's peppering him with the left hand hook. He's peppering him, and then he's going to the body, Jim. I'm just saying he's got to use his feet. He's got to cut off the ring a little bit more, Jim. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, you know, when you want to be a champ like me, you got to come with a little bit of an unorthodox style of how you box. Got to throw the hook. Got to throw the hook. You got to throw that hook. You know what I mean? You got to then, then you got to fade. You know, and then you got to then you got to move out of the way, Jim. Now add some British to that. You got Lennox Lewis. Well, Jim, (laughs) see where I come from. Wait, wait, that might be Australia. Australia. (laughs) (laughs) That's where they came from. It is. And uh, the pugilistic fighter. (laughs) Um, Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. So did you know Sean Payton is now the head coach of the Denver Broncos? Yeah, how are you guys feeling about this? Are you, are you guys coach. feeling good about it? Well, I think things are changing. Uh-oh. So he was, uh, it, Sean Payton was asked about Russell Wilson's team. He's got like a team of physical therapists and, and they had access to the building. It basically has like a bunch of Alex Guerreros who have access to the building. So Sean Payton was asked about that yesterday and uh, here was his response. Russell Wilson had a, a personal coach in the building with access who wasn't on the staff. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with that. How do you feel about um, players having their own people off the staff in the building access to players? Yeah, that's foreign to me. That, that's not going to take place here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it, but our staff will be here, our players will be here, and that'll be it. Hey, Russ, clear out your office and get the hell out of here. Things are changing in Denver. I mean, it's interesting, too, that he makes this statement publicly. And you wonder, like, have they had a conversation? Have they spoken about this, you know, at this point? It doesn't sound like it. And uh, if if that's how he's going to communicate... This could go through the media. Quick. This could this be could bad, go bad quick. quick. This could be bad quick because that could yeah. be the same way he reacts after a game. Yeah, and how he handles things with Russ. And which, which, look, by the way, wasn't that kind of how Russ and Pete handled things yeah. back in Seattle? Yeah, Sean Payton's very much. I mean, he's, he's a control freak. Yeah, I mean, he's in control, and and you know that coming in. And and listen, if I'm Russell Wilson, after the season that he just had, 
I'm going. I'm just going to do what Sean Payton wants me to do. I mean, let's just be clear. You had the opportunity to have the run of the show, the run of the building, and the result was poor. It, it was less than poor. <laughs> it was your worst season yet. So, <laughs> I mean, that's some people talk about falling off of a cliff during your career. I mean, that's got to be a cliff fall. Like, that's got to be one of the most epic cliff falls in terms of looking at a guy as an elite talent and what that looked like from this year to the next year. I I think Russell Wilson has way more things to consider and concern himself with moving forward than button heads with Sean Payton over changing policies and or or better yet <laughs> upholding rules and policy because you're not supposed to have people what that it's a restricted private area because belichick didn't oh, wasn't a fan of guerrero towards the end of well, uh, into think it. about what lavar is saying like russell has his own people in the building let's say they're, they're, those people see something or you know hear something they shouldn't be hearing it, it's not private to i mean those people have to be under the governance of that team that organization, they, they can't be just, you know, subcontractors who are in there kind of hanging around the players and, you know, privy to some insider knowledge, whether that's injury or schematic or for gambling. I mean, whatever the case is, it's just there's a lot of like private things that go on and they shouldn't be privy to them or around any of that. And, and look, even if they were, you know, upstairs somewhere off in like a, their own office wing. The truth of the matter is, it's just it's never happened before. I mean, even the greatest of all time, his guy, they had to go open up shops somewhere else, which is how it should be done. You want to you want to you want to have your own team of physical therapists and all do stuff. Some, do it go, at your house. Yeah, do, do it at your house. Do, go do somewhere go, else. Go buy a fitness facility. Yeah, and go have it just like TB12. Did. Yeah, that was that wasn't uh, at the complex, right? That was elsewhere. He, he had it, I think, somewhere. Yeah, in the vicinity, like in Patriot Place or whatever it is. I, I'm not. Ex- I'm not quite sure on those details. I would say that. Russell Wilson, it feels like they're like you lack self-awareness if you get to a point where you're doing all these things and you think these things are what's going to help you excel and reach that next step and the pinnacle of of your craft or your career, and yet it actually sends you the opposite direction. And and so sometimes that's 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 why I think you you have these coaches who come in and they can tell you what you either don't see or for yourself don't want to believe or maybe a, a, a different way of doing things to help you get back on track. And it's, it's probably one of those three things, but that's what Sean Payton's in there to do. To, so to go back to LeVar's first point, like, I think this all comes off of like not being self-aware enough to be like, man, what am I doing? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter if you're talking about the marketing campaigns, the advertisements, how he's kind of projecting themselves, like everything, like getting there with the whole let's ride thing before. I mean, they didn't go anywhere. I mean, the horse is still in the stable. Like, they never got out to even ride and go anywhere. So, sometimes you need someone to come in there and, and like, tell you where you're wrong or what you need to do or kind of take away and strip away all the BS to get back to, let's just go play football, Russ. Let's just go be a great quarterback. Let's not worry about, you know, whatever else you're doing here or whatever else you're doing here. Or hollering out, run, run, pass. Yeah. (laughs) Like, none of that matters. None of that matters if you're not playing well. Hey, Russ, go look at your surface, man. Go. Go, go talk to the OC, man. Like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, if you don't get your ass up out of my face with that. By the way, there's, do they still have the Danger Witch 
Is does Subway no. still have the danger? No, it was short lived. Yeah, yeah. Those commercials didn't stick around for long. And listen, if anybody's got a great track record with spokesmen, I mean, it's Subway for sure. You know, I mean, considering their history, so that would be the that would be the company you'd want to trust there, since they're they know how to pick. Hey, them. man, Jake Lairs has been a part of that. Oh uh, yeah, for that, a while. That, did he, I, I did an ad for Subway. Str- so. I think Strahan did some. Yeah, a lot of people did. Yeah, some. Did, and then I mean, what are you what are you doing there? And then there was you know oh Jared was, yeah there was that other weirdo oh, yeah so there there was that as well too yeah he got but, caught up into a little bit of trouble did yeah, a little bit yes he did yeah a little trouble yeah, hey, little, hey little. but back to Russ um it's going to be intriguing he will be one of the most intriguing storylines coming into this season even in the off season does he lose the office yeah or does he get it's the, gone. I think he 100 it's, it's gone the god it's gone but what if it's in his contract you what if that that's drawn in his contract you take that out what if he doesn't want it taken out of his contract? W- what's the recourse? What's he going to do? I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, it would be like, I mean, a contract is a contract. I don't know what he would do, but wouldn't it be interesting if it came down to, like, contract, this is my contract, like, right there, paragraph five, like, I'm not so coming out of my office. Here's the thing is, I think we would have known – because all, all the contracts are public, right? Like, they're filed. You can go see them. You can read the language w- within them. If it was in the contract, we would have seen it by now. If there's a video game clause in Kyler Murray's, we would have seen an office you know, clause in Russell Wilson's. Hmm. So it's not in the contract. All right. Well, then it's gone. So <laughs> If it's not contractual. And listen, he shouldn't want to separate himself like that. Right. Like, them players. Uh, That's the self-awareness the, the, thing, though. Yeah, right? it like, is. Why, like, it why, is. Why would you want to be is. put on a pedestal, especially when you just got there? I, I just – football is one of those sports where socioeconomic, racial, any any type of background that you're connected to, all things are, are even to teammates. Like, it's you're my teammate. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so when we come in, when we come come in here and we go in the weight room, we're lifting the same weights. When we go see the trainer, we go use the same trainers. When we go into the locker room, we have the same type of lockers. Like everything, all, everything, it's it's all the same. So if I'm a player and I'm looking at the fact that. This dude has his own office, or he's got all these dudes from his team walking around the facility, and this is Russ's building. There's going to be resentment from some of those guys. There's going to be a lack of buy-in from some of these guys. There's going to be some guys that are like, that's Russ. Like, he's a superstar. That's how it is. You're going to have those guys, but you're going to have other guys that's like, he ain't one of us. Like, you're not one of us. And it, you don't want to be in a locker room where the guys you're going to go to war with on, on Sundays is looking at you like like WTF. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, who I are mean, you? Like, Who's the guy? Peyton, Peyton didn't do it when he was there. All right. I mean, Tom Brady didn't do it in New England or in Tampa as far as conducting himself in that manner. I mean, you can go through the list of Hall of Fame quarterbacks that didn't do it. I just think I bring up self-awareness only because there's a thing called EQ, right? It's called uh, you know emotional intelligence. And it's, it's got basically being able to like read the room. It's really important for a leader. It's really important for someone as a quarterback who's in that position because to what you're talking about, you got to get guys to elevate their level of play. You got to get guys want to play for you. 
And if you think about really what happened and transpired in Seattle is, he, he lost the locker room. It wasn't Pete that lost the locker room. Coaches lose locker rooms when they lose that sense and feel for the guys and what they need to hear and what they need to do and how to be successful. Quarterbacks can lose it too. Mm -hmm. And I think you lose it when you get out of touch with the guys you're playing with and you start separating yourselves from the guys you're playing with. And all of a sudden your goals and you know what you're trying to accomplish aren't aligned. And it becomes that, bigger than the team. Well, and that's the worst thing you can do as a leader is not make everything about the team, about everyone else beside yourself. And I think this problem, it predates when he got to Denver. Yeah. It's why when they played Seattle this year and you saw so many Seattle Seahawks come back and, and almost yeah, want to root against them, yeah. wanted to, to see Seattle win. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's because he lost a lot of that because of the lack of self-awareness with it all. I mean – was it all like to me? I, I I always ask the question: Was it always like that? And it just became public knowledge. It I mean, just look, doesn't I, seem like people. I, liked I was them. with them in his second year. It was not like that. It then. wasn't like that. No, but they hadn't won a Super Bowl yet, and they ended up winning that year. And it was different. You know, he was young. They were very, very much led by their defense mm -hmm. and a lot of those stronger personalities. Guys like Richard Sherman, Red Bryant, Cliff Averill, uh, you know, Bobby Wags was still young, right? They're the same draft class. So it was, it was a defensive-led team, but the guys who really were the most outspoken, and that was a very, very unique locker room environment. Like... The locker room handled everything. Like that was, it was, it was very unique in that sense. And, and you know, Russell did his job, but you know, and Marshawn was there in the backfield. But it was not like one where, you know, it's it's Tom Brady or Peyton Manning walking up and saying anything. Now I don't know if that changed once they won, once they went to back to back, once he started to play and become a, a consistently Pro Bowl caliber player. But at that point, that was not how that team. Was constructed. Oh, he it, it 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 comes across very interesting as an as a spectator as to how he handles his his situations. I mean, it's it's definitely about a persona, right? I mean, let's be clear. Everything that he does is connected to uh, a faith based, family based, strong leader, super mega star, mega power couple persona. And when you're, you know, when you're building that type of, of persona, you got to be careful in understanding that you could be building that for the better good of what you're doing. Right. You want people to, to, to be, you know, Christ like. Great. That's your deal. That's your deal. You want people to be family oriented. Great. That's your deal. That's your deal. And you talked about that, that kind of the perception of, of who he is and, and raising guys' level and putting that first. I don't care what your agenda is. Just make sure I feel important. Right. Not, like, if Russell Wilson can learn to embrace that, listen, this, all these things you have, all your agendas, great. Just make sure me, like your teammate, like your your teammates, make sure we feel special. That's all. You could do all that. And you know what? I'll support you. You want to go to church? Let's go. So you don't I'll mind that he, he's like a Joel Osteen knockoff. He could, be, know, he could be as much no of that as that. he would want to be. <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? 
along with my fellow pro bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up on game, we're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up on Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Trent Dilfer. It was 30 for 30, Lee? Is that the, uh, the credit we're going to give on this? 30 for 30? Is that what we're looking at here? That's what I have on the, uh, okay. on the cut sheet. Yes. All right, so he had, he, Trent Dilfer, the Super Bowl winning uh, quarterback back in the day, now the head coach is at uh, UAB. Is that a, he's a, the head coach yeah. there? Yeah. So yeah. Trent, a brand new head coach. He was at Lipscomb Academy uh, in Nashville, yeah. uh, one of the uh, top uh, high school football programs in the country. And he had this to say about a couple of quarterbacks in the NFL. Modern day game does not impress me. It's super easy when you don't get hit as a quarterback and when you can't reroute receivers and when you can't hit guys across the middle. I love Tom Brady, I love Aaron Rodgers, I love these guys. It's not impressive. What's impressive is what they did. So how about it? Well, who's he pointing to when he said what they did? I think he's uh, pointing out Brady and Rodgers, isn't he? Well, no, he, he's calling out where the game's at today. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm saying there was other people there in the crowd. I wasn't exactly sure who he's pointing to <laughs> and what they did. I, I think the general consensus is he's discussing probably the rules and how they're set up to protect quarterbacks now versus what they were back then. I could rattle off 28, 29 quarterbacks. That would be better than him when he played. Oh, we could probably grab 20 to 28 starters in the league right now, and if they were on the same team as Trent Dilfer, he wouldn't be starting. Wait, you mean I, that I Ravens would, team didn't win because of the quarterback? <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? I, I, I would say this, though. Um, what strikes me is like, I just I don't really understand. Like if you've, I guess if you want to question the 
direction the league's going because of how they're protecting quarterbacks, okay, that's, that's fair. That's fine. It's not like what it used to be. But they also understand that when you lose your starting quarterback, I mean, even a guy who was the third-string starting quarterback in the NFC Championship game. He made a pro. When the 49ers lost him, they had nothing. And so that's usually what happens to a season for most teams when they lose their starting quarterback. They're not able to overcome losing a starter and having a backup play well and then a third-string guy play well like the 49ers did. That's a very rare circumstance. So the NFL is trying to protect you know, the competitiveness of the game and, and all the money they're making off all these TV networks so that they can sell these games, right? But I also feel like quarterback play is as good as it's ever been. It's why so many young guys come into the league and can do what they're doing. It's not because they're not getting hit. Because I would also argue that guys are still they're as fast as they've ever been. They hit as hard as they've ever been. It might be different, but they're still putting hits on quarterbacks, still doing all of that. I don't know. I just I'm not sure why some people you know take these these shots or want to die on these hills. So I was looking up because I was thinking just in, in the Russell Wilson, but it ties back to the quarterback position and the quality of play. So I was thinking. If you look at the Russell Wilson scenario, big-time trade for a lot of picks, goes over, first season was a disaster. What's the comp to that? And the only one I could come up with is Jay Cutler, Mm. who got traded, multiple first-round picks, goes to the Bears. And I thought, yeah, but his first season wasn't as bad as Russell Wilson. Cutler threw 26 picks that year. Is that bad? Like, but to your point on the quarterback position, we were talking this year when Derek Carr had the lead and he had 14. 14. <laughs> like, we're, like, it's like half of yeah. what, what yeah, was Berto, considered. Berto's back to get him out of there. Get him out of there. <laughs> Put it instead of. Like, I mean, Jameis Winston threw 30. That wasn't yeah. that long ago. So just in that short amount of time, you've seen just if you just go by that category alone, they're not like turning the ball over at rapid numbers, and that was the norm. Remember, Eli Manning led the league in interceptions one year, and we're talking about him like he's a Hall of Famer, like he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. I think the protection they've provided the receivers now being being in the act of catching, considering them defenseless, now that's changed the game. Because as a quarterback, I mean, you naturally when you see a guy running towards another defender you're going to throw the ball behind him. It's just human nature. You don't want to throw a pick. You don't want to have your guy get hung out to dry. And so you will literally, you can do it as many times as you want. You will not find a quarterback who's going to be able to lead his guy into that defender. Now, if you ever see it happen in the game, I guarantee you the quarterback didn't see the defender. And that's why he was able to lead him. But naturally, he sees the guy, he's going to try to slow him down, put on his back shoulder or back hip. I, I just, I feel like now with the way they're protected, quarterbacks feel more emboldened to throw it up into tight windows and take chances because they know those guys aren't getting hit the same way they used to be hit, where it was night-night. You know, those guys were hurt in a serious way based on how defenders used to be able to play the game. They can't play that way anymore. You remember that Kurt Warner, Anquan Bolden play where he threw him? I think he might, Anquan Bolden might have broken his jaw, and Kurt Warner was talking about he, he didn't know if he wanted to play football anymore. He felt so bad about leading him into the hit that he just, like, it really bothered him. Was that a part of the documentary? I, I don't know if that was, or the movie. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if it was. Don't worry, Lee. Uh, that's probably all one price for the Kurt Warner movie when you go to AMC. There's not, it's not tiered pricing for that movie, if you want to go check that out. You know, the interesting thing about what I said I led off with, I wasn't trying to be insulting towards, towards Trent Dilfer. Isn't he being insulting towards Brady and Rogers? Though? I mean, well, think about this. Like, everything you guys just said, like, first of all, 
he he's thrown more interceptions. He threw more interceptions in his career than he did touchdowns. Yeah, he, he did that. do that. Um, he also <laughs> don't say that. Father, stop doing. He was also signed to that Ravens <laughs> team as a backup. That's right. He was brought in to be it. Now he was a six overall pick. It was a bowler he, he took over? It was a bowler after him. It bowler, bowler was, was after. after. I, I don't. I don't recall the the quarterback, but I do recall he was brought in to be a backup. Now here's what's interesting. He, they win the Super Bowl. He gets released, and they got Elvis Gerbach. Okay, yeah. He gets released after winning a Super Bowl, and ha, and basically was a backup the rest of the way of of his career. So. To me, my my whole thing is, if you're going to throw throw observations as strong as that, you're not impressed by today's quarterback. I I would say, because you played the game, and you had the opportunity in a moment to to win a Super Bowl as a starting quarterback, like I would be more positive about my my assessments even if i felt in my heart what he said i just i i it i feel like why do that because when you do that when you shine that light on what you feel is not good and how you're not impressed and this and that then everybody's going to be like okay it's easy to say a reporter like oh you're a reporter you never played like you don't know anything, and it's kind of like you brush it off. But this guy did play, right. and he is a Super Bowl champ. So people are going to start dissecting you. Right. They're going to start looking at your body of work. <laughs> I, I already saw some guy tagged a clip where Dilfer airbailed as a wide-open um, go-route down the sideline, and he just – Threw it out of bounds, and like that—that's the response you're going to get from a lot of people, right? Like, and, and it's not going to be unwarranted. The pro, the problem here How about somebody having that in their back pocket for 15 years. Go, man, if Dill forever I mean, runs his it, was, it was a clip from like 20 some years ago. And listen, he might be a fine coach. I don't think this has anything to do with him he, as he's, a coach. He's a good guy too, yeah. and that's why I don't really understand it. Because what you really could do, and what you could say, and I think, look, I fall victim to this sometimes. Things don't come out the way I want to portray them always, um, or I don't communicate it the proper way. No. Nah. But what you what you could say is, you know, look, the game was harder to play. It was harder to play quarterback back then. Like that, that's all you need to and, say is and, and it was harder because it was more physical. And, and he would be right. Well, and by the way, and he you, would be you, right. You could reach and out. Nobody to, would have a problem with you that. You could reach out to Tom Brady and go, "Hey, Tom, you were winning Super Bowls during this era. Would you agree? Like, you were getting hit worse then. Yeah. You know, you were you know in an era where we had drop back a little bit. We weren't shotgun a ton. It was a lot of you know play action, you know, other things off of it. It wasn't like the game is now where it's Defenders more spread got out. one and a half. At one point, you got two steps. Yeah. Then it went down to one and a half. But it was always no no less than one and a half. Like you could get, if you got one and a half as the ball's released. Right. Like, like listen, like, think about this. Ball's release, one, one two, hit. hit. Right? Now like, that's how it is, yeah. So you don't you don't even get that type of space. The, I mean, you touch them the wrong way; it's a flag. So to me, I mean, we were slamming quarterbacks. We were taking them down to the ground. You could hit them low. You could hit them however you wanted. How, however you wanted to hit them, and and so I would say if if he was just pointing out the obvious that it was more brutal, right? 
there was more brutality towards quarterbacks in his era. That's fine. But to say I'm I'm not impressed, that's like, come on, man. Now now you're basically saying like, well, you know, the whole argument if if Michael Jordan played in today's NBA, he would be averaging such and such and such, like, because you can't touch them. Like, it's Michael Jordan. Right. It's yeah. Michael Jordan. Well you can't you don't have an argument against I, that. I just don't know how you can't be impressed considering how, how old's Trent Dilfer? Is he fifty? I mean, Tom, Tom Brady's 45, turning 46 this year. He's 50. Okay, They're the so same age. They're like four or five years apart. And how long have you been out of the game? Well, and, and that, <laughs> I just look at it and go, what's not impressive about that? The fact that the guy's been able to play at such a high level for so long. Yeah. I mean, even this past year, say whatever you want about it, he still hit, I mean, the marks for being a guy that you look at and you say he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. This, without much you know run, running help, with, with much balance in their offense, without you know great protection all the time, led, I just led the league in attempts. It's just not a his good final two years in the NFL at forty four and forty five. Your years body old. of work, his body of work is just not good enough for him to lob out a a criticism like that. Even if it was like I mean, even if he was, I'm not even sure. Like even if it was Joe Montana saying it, I just look at it and go, okay, but. Like, why do you have to phrase it like that? Like, like, but it's Joe Montana, and you could be like, you know what? Like, he's flexing. That's a flex. Like, it might not even be true, but it's Joe Montana. Like, what? Joe Montana said, if we, you were like Joe Montana, if Joe Montana was in this era, Joe Montana would be throwing touchdowns or doing this. Like, okay, that's a discussion point. It's a discussion. But it, it's like if you haven't achieved to that level – People are going to to now, even with Joe Montana, people are going to be like, well, what did Joe Montana do? You're going to look at what Joe Montana, oh, that's what Joe Montana did. Because you brought that, you brought that attention your way back with that criticism. That's all I'm saying. No, whether I, it's I true or not. Yeah, whether it's true I, or not. I get that. But we get pundits in the media who say stuff all the time. They're paid to do it. So of yeah. course. And then, yeah. then they haven't played. So it's, it yeah. is what it is. And but you're going to get a reaction. My, my, my point's just, <clears throat> look, you, you can just say it in a different way. Yeah. Where you don't have to look like you're being catty. You're taking a shot at guys. Who, right. I mean, Tom Brady's like doing something. my day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tom Brady's like, doing something we'll never see anyone do again in the NFL. Truth. And, and, and to sit there and say, like, I don't know how that's not impressive. I, I really don't. And I think, you know, even though the game's more spread out and maybe it's easier to throw the football at times, I still do think there's an elements of the game that have gotten more difficult, you know, the, with the speed of the defensive players, all the different looks, different things they can do. There are some more difficulties that the game has gotten for a quarterback than what it used to be. And the skill level for quarterbacks is significantly the skill level of everyone is significantly increasing i was just gonna so i remember talking to tj hushmanzada who by the way you can hear with lavar and up on game what a promo right before the jail and the jonas knock shave yep yeah big time yeah and he was saying that it starts so young that you go to some of these camps and these high schoolers or kids getting into high school that are playing receiver are just on another level. And it just, you've seen it over the past couple of years. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
Sports. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card limitations apply. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, and Lee Bogan and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now.